everybody, and welcome back to the D&B Supply Show podcast. Hey, this is Matt Breckwald, and it is great to be back with you again. And speaking of being great to be back with, coming on the show again today is Gretchen Anderson, all things expert gardening, multiple, <laughs> my goodness, Gretchen, multiple letters after your name, master gardener, I mean, things like this, books, Instagram, Facebook videos, they're blogging for DNB. There's there's so much out there, and it, and you're so good at this. I love having you on the show. Thank you so much for coming back on. Oh, bless your heart. Thank you so much. I'm blushing. <laughs> All right. Well, there <laughs> we go. Well, uh, so how has your summer been so far? I know these are strange, strange times. They are. They are. You know, my summer's been really good. I, in fact, um, I've I've had to kind of hang at home quite a bit because I, I, I jokingly say I live with a, a, not a dirty little secret, but I have asthma. So I've had to just stay at home sure. and, uh, my garden has benefited from it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, it's been wonderful. And we've got a lot going on in the garden right now. My tomatoes are, are now coming on, which is fabulous because we get the first taste of, uh, tomatoes and, um, and the blackberries are coming on. We've had raspberries for quite a while, and it just—it's just nice to be able to devote quite a bit of time, the kind of time that you want to devote to a garden, right? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, and then the, the big project was when, when you are in a situation like we are right now, your kids come and stay with you. So instead of calling it free labor, we called it a rent, <laughs> <laughs> and we installed a, um, a pathway. Um, throughout the garden of uh, flagstone, okay, and it, it's fantastic. It just makes it uh, whimsical and nice, and and it's a project that ha- that my husband and I have been talking about for probably ten years. And since we had the the um, workforce here at the house, we thought, okay, now's the time. <laughs> Yeah, here on our farm, so, we've our, done it. <laughs> good for you. Well, that's great. Uh, on our farm here, we call that family fun. I just don't know if my daughter always agrees with the term. Absolutely. We used to call it family day. <laughs> and <laughs> it always meant yard work and, and garden work. Family day was yard work. So I'm with you, Matt. <laughs> well, absolutely. Well, you know, since the last time you and I spoke, we went through, uh, and I've been keeping track of, of weather records out of my place. Man, we had a wet spring. Oh, we did. Absolutely. In fact, I think what wasn't it on June was the wettest, second wettest June uh, on record yeah, for us. Yeah, I believe so. So yeah. go figure. Yeah. yeah. So there are some things that are coming on a little bit late because of all of that water. Um, I know that my cucumbers and my um, peppers are, are just a little bit later than they usually are. And I think it's just because of the water situation and you need some good temperatures you know you need temperatures about 90 degrees 85 degrees or more for tomatoes to really start producing Mm -hmm. uh you hope that you have your your flowers set by then because they don't really um the 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 setting of the flowers and the pollination doesn't occur in, in those hot temperatures but um hopefully you have fruit on already and 
uh, you're seeing a lot of good growth in your tomato plants. Well, I'm glad that you brought up tomatoes because that is specifically what we called for today or we want to talk with you about today is tomatoes. Uh, you know, tomatoes, everybody, well, I shouldn't say everybody, but it, it feels like everybody loves to grow tomatoes. And then if you have a really good year, all of a sudden you have got a lot of tomatoes. And so that's what we want to talk about. How how has this summer been so far uh, for tomatoes as far as what you're seeing with the with the really wet spring? Is it is it a plus or is it a, is it a minus so far? You know, I think I think a plus, uh, at least anecdotally in, in my little area. Um, and we li- and I've told you before, Matt, we live in suburban, you know, in a suburban area. Uh-huh. And, and we've turned the backyard into a little mini orchard and, and garden. And uh, I think I have 10 tomato plants going. I don't have any uh, any issues so far. And, you know, you can have so many different uh, challenges with tomatoes mm-hmm. for the most part. But if you have healthy soil and um, conditions are right and you're not over overwatering like it like happened in June, um, you should do just fine. And uh, I was going to say, I think your your tomato plant should be like five, six feet tall right now and, and uh, turning red as we speak. Oh, boy, five or six feet tall. I have tomato envy right now. But uh, we're coming along okay. <laughs> we're coming along okay. Oh, good. But we, good. No, not- I haven't seen any end rot, bottom end rot on, on the tomatoes, which is uh, either a, a calcium problem or sometimes even watering too much and so the june the june situation could have caused some some of those things but honestly i think that uh the weather's been wonderful in july and i think most people are going to experience good harvest for that oh that'll be great that is one of my favorite times of year just going to the garden grabbing a fresh fresh tomato slicing it up some salt and pepper and uh just enjoying it right then and there there's probably nothing better honestly Mm. I don't think there is. I and and I was just reading about tomatoes again, and I, I was interested to learn and or be reminded that one cup of tomatoes has thirty three percent of the vitamin C you need in a day. So, it, I mean, they're they are a super fruit, super veg too, if you want to call it that. And there's a yeah. lot of discussion about whether it's <laughs> vegetable or fruit, but uh, they're just plain delicious, is what they are. Oh man! So, what are you growing, Matt? Well, you know, so, well, of course, we have tomatoes. Uh, we have watermelon. Uh, we have pumpkin. I planted okra. That's a favorite for me. Uh, we've That's got, right. I remember you telling me. Yeah, I definitely like okra. And we've got uh, corn. We've got sweet corn. We've got beans. We've got squash. We've got uh, peas. I tried to do the three sisters on some of our corn, which I, if I did mm-hmm. it right, that's, that's uh, is it beans and then squash? to close the rows and, and keep the weeds out, I think, around the corn. Yes. And then the beans yes. cl- the beans climb the corn. So I've never done that well. I don't know. But I'm not a great gardener, so I've never done that well, but I'm hoping huh. this is the year. Um, and then what else? And my daughter loves cherry tomatoes. So in addition to our, our regular-sized tomatoes, we've got a few cherry tomatoes. We've got a lot of peppers planted, uh, habaneros and jalapenos and uh, yellow peppers and things like that. So it's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, fantastic. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. You know, being able to grow your own food uh, and walk out back and take a tomato and then slice it and, and enjoy it, that significantly reduces your personal food mile. Right now, I think we're at about 1,500 
in terms of food miles. That's farm to fork, if you consider all the food that we have available yeah. to us in our markets. Uh-huh. And um, what a, you know, I, I just think it's a wonderful push to eat local, eat within the season, and really produce your own food in the backyard. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you about my cousin, John. He lives in Salt Lake, and he grows, I, I got to say, probably 60 tomato plants every year. And he's so into it. Wow. And I remember asking him, I said, John, what do you do with all those tomatoes? <laughs> you know, <laughs> surely you can't eat all of those tomatoes. And he said, of course, he gives a lot of way, but he says there's a lot toward the end of the season that goes to waste. And so I will give a plug to anyone, including my sweet cousin, John, um, to, to take the classes and the courses, and some of them are online now, uh, um, that are offered through the university. And it, University of Idaho, for us in Utah, it is, um, it's Utah State University uh-huh. and in Oregon. It is Oregon State. Those three institutions are land-grant universities, uh-huh. and they are tasked with having an extension office. Um, long story, but land-grant universities do wonderful things for the community, um, i.e. the extension offices. And they have great, great classes on food preservation so that you do it right and you don't cause any illness or, or foodborne illness mm-hmm. uh, or get anyone sick. And so all those tomatoes that go to waste um, in John's yard or anyone else's yard or whether it's okra or whatever, they're the people to talk to about um, preserving them in the best way manner possible for you to use later in the year because no one can eat you know, I've got 10 tomato plants. There's no way we're going to eat all of the tomatoes that come off of us. And trust me, I'm. it's a busy place here from about, oh, I'd say mid-August through through November mm-hmm. putting up tomatoes. Yeah. And I wish I could do some classes because, I, Matt, I'm, <laughs> I'm the lacy food preserver. I <laughs> want... I want the the fastest way and the easiest way to get from point A to point B, right? Sure. Yeah. So if I have all those tomatoes that I have to process, um, I want to be able to process them and get them into the freezer um, the easiest way. I don't do a whole lot of hot bath anymore, and I I thought I wanted to do pressure canning at one time, but then having gone through the courses. Mm-hmm with the master food safety advisory program with the university of Idaho, I learned, boy, there isn't anything out there that I really want to can with a pressure canner. All, all I can, all I really need is a big old Mondo freezer. And if I need a hot bath uh, can, I can do that as well. So, and, and dehydrate, we do a lot of, so Mm -hmm. all of that in terms of preservation of the stuff that you, you grow every year can go a long way. Okay, well let's let's jump into that and and let's uh, let's focus on tomatoes for the moment. So, uh, what are, what is the easiest way for somebody just getting started? The easiest way for them to preserve, you know, the abundance that they're not going to be able to eat. Right, right. So you know those big beautiful tomatoes you get uh, just right off the vine. My favorite way is to it's the core, <laughs> the core score and store method. Okay. So. What you do, you take those tomatoes in, you wash them, you let them dry, you core them, and you turn them over, flip them over, and just score the bottom with a knife. 
Okay. And then you put them on a cookie sheet, a rimmed cookie sheet is best, stick them in the freezer and freeze them whole. Okay. And then once they're frozen, then you just hock them in um, Ziploc bags, freezer bags, date them, label and date them, and mm-hmm. put them back in the freezer. And then you have these whole tomatoes that you can use throughout the season, throughout the winter season, and you can make stews and soups and, and you know, so much with them. Um uh, sauces big time. Um, and what you do is so to use them, well, you say, Gretchen, you know, if I pull them out and thaw them, are they going to be like a regular tomato? Not at all. Okay. So what you want to do is you want to take them out of the freezer and you just set, you set the, um, frozen tomatoes in your, your soup pot. And as soon as they thaw, you can slip the skins off of them. All right. Easy peasy because you've scored the bottom of them. And they're oh. just, they just come right off. Okay. And so now you have a whole tomato plus its juices that you can use in some kind of a sauce or stew or soup. So I would do that. I did that for many, many years until I learned how to make a sauce that I can just freeze and then put into the freezer. Okay. And I usually make the sauce, I, I start by throwing any kind of um, tomato in a big old pan um, and then I put a little bit of olive oil on it, not much, and then I'll throw in some garlic cloves mm-hmm. and I'll put them in, in the oven at 450 for about 30 minutes and it roasts the tomatoes. And so I'll take those roasted tomatoes, let them cool just a bit, and I'll put the roasted tomatoes in my Vitamix or any kind of blender that you might have. Okay. But the Vitamix is fabulous for this. And what I what I really make sure of now, and this mat I learned just a couple of years ago, is you'll have little bits and and uh, you know stuff stuck to the pan uh-huh. after you roast them. That's where the flavor is. Okay. So you want to make sure that you get some water or something to um, scrape that flavor flavoring off and put that into the Vitamix as well because that will be uh, uh, just wonderful flavor for, for the sauce that you're making. So now I have garlic and I have tomatoes and I'm going to turn up the Vitamix very high and it usually is pretty thick and I just get it so that it, it it's absolutely um, pureed. Sometimes I'll run it through a, 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 a sieve, you mm-hmm. know, so that if there are any little parts, um, it won't go into the freezer container, but I just put it right into a freezer container. I always label and date my stuff because my brain just doesn't remember. (laughs) So (laughs) I have to, I I label it with what type of tomato I used and what's in it. You know, did I add a little bit of salt to it? I'll put that in it as well. And um, that becomes our mainstay through the winter months, which is super nice and super delicious. And you get that great garden, fresh garden taste all season long. And that's probably one of my favorite ways to do it. The beautiful thing about all this is I've written about it um, on uh, DMB Supply on the blogs. And so there's kind of, there's photos there and, and directions. And I'm not sure if, if I wrote about it before I realized, Oh man, I'm missing a lot of flavor off of the side of the pan. (laughs) Um, So that's a little, that's, that's something, a, a little new tidbit, but I'm sure if there's anybody out there who's a chef, and they're saying, well, duh, Gretchen. <laughs> I think it's called font. Is that what it is? Or fondant? Something? Or there's a name for it. 
that you take that stuff off. You deglaze it is what it's called. Okay. And it's a pretty fancy word for, you know, getting the, the stuff that's stuck on the side of the pan. You deglaze it and you, you add that to the, okay. the tomatoes that you're going to whiz up. I know that's a real term. That you're going to whiz up in the, the uh, Vitamix. Awesome. Now, when it comes to coring a tomato, um, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming there's some there's a tool for that, right? I mean, I, we have an apple core here. Well, I'll core an apple with, but I don't think I'd want to use that on a tomato. But maybe I'm wrong. How how do you core a tomato? Oh, oh I always just use a paring knife. Oh, just a paring knife. But there okay. are. But you're right, Matt. There are there are specific little tools to core tomatoes. And you can, if you're at Bed Bath and Beyond or any any market, I'm sure that they're there. This time of year, I'm sure they're probably hanging at Albertsons or Winco or something. Sure. But there are little coring coring tools. But I just use a, a paring knife. Okay. And then that's easy to pair to score the bottom of the tomato if you want to do the core score and store method. Okay. If you have a lot of freezer space, I found that when you do the um, when you do the sauce and you just label it and stick it in the fr- freezer, it it's more uh, in terms of space and high dollar real estate in your freezer. Right, right. Uh, you can get more in there, right? Sure. Yeah. 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 Because you freeze it flat, kind of, if you do it in like a, in a vacuum seal bag or something like that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You can do that too. Yeah. Okay. Now, every time we talk about this, and I'm always fascinated by this. I've got to bring it up, but I know you told me something about tomato preservation in the past involving Jello. Ah, <laughs> oh yes. You know, here's the deal: in in our area, whether you're in Oregon or Idaho or wherever you're listening to this, maybe you have this situation where you get to the end of the season and you have so many green tomatoes, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't. I, I don't think there's a gardener out there who likes to waste those green tomatoes. Um, So what you do is you gather up the green tomatoes and, and that's the other thing I did. We can talk about that, uh, how how to ripen your tomatoes in your house as well. Okay. But at the end of the season, you gather up some of your green tomatoes. I really like the either Roma tomatoes for this process or um, the San Marzano's. Now, a San Marzano is actually a Roma tomato, but the San Marzano is a tomato that's been used in, in Italian cooking for years, I mean, for probably hundreds and hundreds of years. And uh, side note, I'm going down a rabbit hole with you, Matt. <laughs> side note here, I was up at the um, Carmen at the D&B on Overland Road. Uh-huh. She said that she sold out of her Roman t- Roma tomatoes, but nobody knew about the San Marzano's. Oh. And I thought, oh, my gosh, they're missing out. Because here's the deal. On the San Marzanos, they actually grow longer, probably twice as long as a regular Roma tomato. Okay. So you get more tomato for your, your, your money. Sure. Um, so remember that name, San Marzano. Okay. Plus, here's another little tidbit. It won the taste, ta- the taste off uh, that we've held at the King County Master Gardeners. For several years in a row, it won. So it's a tasty tomato as well. So San Marzano. Anyway, I gather those up, and they're green, right? And so I chop them up, and I'll put them in a Cuisinart or any kind of food blender. Mm-hmm. And you, well, you wash them first, of course. Um, and then they'll get to the point where they're kind of nubby almost. Almost 
if you could imagine them being red, they would look like raspberries. Okay. <laughs> and then you get your raspberry jello. You can use the regular or the sugar-free. It doesn't matter. And you add that to your nubbed up green tomatoes and you cook it on the stove and then you just portion it into freezer containers and label it and store it in the freezer. And um, there are, there are um, recipes galore on the internet for this very thing. Okay. Um, however, if they tell you to hot water bath it, don't do it. Okay. Make it as a freezer deli or a freezer jam because it has not been tested and researched as a hot bath product. Okay. So that's the one thing about those, um, you know, looking stuff up on the internet. You want to make sure that you get researched and, and mm-hmm. scientific information. So this is definitely a freezer jelly type situation. But here's the deal. My daughter, Hannah, uh, for years years ate this raspberry jelly thinking it was mom's best raspberry jelly <laughs> she never knew it was green tomatoes oh, until wow. a couple of years ago when i wrote a blog about it and it's on it's on dnd i blogged about it and i i threw myself under the bus <laughs> well it sounds great because it you know for people who don't want a bunch of sugar it sounds to me like you use use sugar-free raspberry jello and and you've got like a, a, je, a like a jelly substitute absolutely absolutely and it's delicious um i i i would eat it anytime so um you know you can't go wrong but if you have tons and tons of green tomatoes at the end of the season yeah um i did a test on on how to ripen them and you'll see so many ways if you research it, you know, wrap them in newspapers, uh, set them, you know, stack them in between newspapers, put them in a bag with a banana, put them in a bag with an apple. And Matt, I did all of that. Mm-hmm. And actually, they just ripen on their own. It's, <laughs> you know, it's just, you just bring them in and it, it, around harvest time and when when we have word that there's going to be a frost. Yeah. We just bring as many in as possible, and we set them on all of the the flat surfaces that we have in the house, rather, mm-hmm. but for the, the island in the kitchen, and they just ripen on their own. You don't have to set them in the windowsill or anything like that, because they're nightshade. They ripen regardless. Okay. Um, but we have used, we, Matt, we've used tomatoes for like salsa, fresh salsa, clear into February really? as a result. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's wonderful. That is great. Well, man, I, I, I get excited every year. We get to do this episode and we get to talk about this, and and we've got it coming on. And this year, honestly, this year for us is probably the best garden we've had in some time. And so, it is exciting. I, I'm looking forward to all of it, uh, and really appreciate you coming on. You've got such a passion for this uh, that kind of just shines through each and every time that uh, that you you get to come on the show with me. Oh, I love talking with you, Matt. Absolutely. Next time we'll talk. I should just, I buried the lead. (laughs) (laughs) I will say the most exciting thing for us to happen this spring was um, I had my beehives just sitting out willy-nilly. I should have cleaned them. Uh They were kind of clean. And sure enough, a swarm came and moved into one of my beehives. So I'm back to tending bees. And that was 
that was a pretty cool thing for that to happen. That is really cool. So just a volunteer swarm mm-hmm. just moved in. Yeah, you know, sometimes, well, there there is swarming season, and, yeah. and if the queen takes off, so do the rest of the bees, right? And they're right. all looking for a place to live. And because I had um, vacant hives that smelled like beeswax, they came over and said, oh, we can move in here. And they did. And and it's grown. I've had to add um, several deeps and then um, a couple uh, honey supers onto it. And so we're probably going to harvest honey uh, sometime next week, next month. That's fantastic. Good for you. That that's really cool. Yeah, I, we've we've tried it before and failed. And uh, my daughter wants to get back into it, but we haven't done it yet. So we're looking at next spring uh, to do that. But good man, that honey's good. Yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was I was I was thrilled because yeah, people don't know. You know, you can buy bees, but it's expensive. Yeah, and there's no guarantee that they won't decide. Oh, we need to move, <laughs> and fly off. <laughs> that's right. Well, so Gretchen, for, for folks who want to know more, what, what else you got going on? Where can people find out more? Where can they learn more from you? Well, I hope that um, somehow we can put together Zoom meetings and be able to teach some classes on food preservation. I, I love the topic. And um, the University of Idaho does such a good job with teaching uh, master food safety advisory classes um, so hopefully we'll have something in the future, and they can definitely learn about it at uh, MyDB Supply. Um, if you follow DB Supply on Instagram, um, they have a very active uh, Instagram TV, so IGTV, mm-hmm. and then Facebook. You'll see anything that comes up that I'm going to be doing. Um, and then I do a lot of little videos, like one minute videos. Oh, the coolest video that we just did. I had some, and, and Matt, you'll totally, you'll totally get into this because don't, don't we all have our, our favorite leather gloves that we work in the garden or around the ranch, right? Our favorite leather gloves. And yeah, sure enough. You, you get a hole in the, that glove, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. But you don't want to get rid of it because they're kind of expensive for gloves. Well, I put, I put together a video for D&B on how to extend the life of your favorite leather gloves, and you got to check it out. It's okay. on Instagram, so IGTV, and it involves... It involves using your spouse's old gloves <laughs> and a little bit of ingenuity, and and you'll go, oh my gosh, I can I can do this. Even I could do it. So okay. yeah, check that out. But we've got great videos on there, and there will be more to come. Uh, not only about uh, gardening, but about chickens, maybe even a little bit about bees. And uh, um, it's an exciting time to be um, closer to your food source. Awesome! Thank you so much for coming on and sharing today, Gretchen. My pleasure, always. Well, thank you for being here, everybody. And thank you to Gretchen Anderson for the great information as normal. And as always, from all of us here at DNB Supply, enjoy your Western lifestyle, however you define it. Mm-hmm.